0: Corporate finance presentation, time value of money overview. Prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance. Note that time value of money concepts are some of the most complex concepts within all of personal finance. They also are related to or used in some of the most difficult type of decision-making processes, those that have impacts far out into the future. Those are the types of decisions that we as human beings usually have the most difficulty with And when you add on to that concepts that are somewhat abstract, including time value of money and things like inflation, that further complicates the issue. We're going to go into these tools in a lot of detail here up front. If you don't get everything with relation to time value of money at this point in time, that's okay. Don't let it frustrate you. Then when we go forward and we run into points where we need these time value of money concepts, we will go back to them. We will revisit them. And you can always come back here where they're all going to be laid out in one place and just work on those concepts as you progress forward in the format and the path that you would like to progress forward in. Primary uses of time value of money concept. Note that we can think about the time value of money concept as a type of tool. And then the question, of course, is when would we want to use that tool and what benefits would we get from using that tool? So typically, if we're talking about a cost benefit analysis, for future benefits and current spending that's one area where the time value of money is often useful us as human beings we could be quite good oftentimes just with intuition really to make short term decisions, but when we're thinking about long term decisions, especially those where we have current spending that's going to be involved and long term gratifications, the benefit in the future, then we might, then we're not as good at making those decisions just intuitively. It's better to have a formal process. So, for example, if we're putting money in today, for some type of capital expenditure we're building a new plant we're buying a piece of equipment that's going to be used it's going to help us to generate revenue at a long point in time into the future question then of course is well is it worthwhile to put the expenditure in today for the gratification that's going to happen in the future through added revenues in the future in order to figure those types of things we have to take into consideration the time value of money helping us to put together a more formal type of decision-making process. Capital allocation just in general uh, could be useful with regards to the time value of money as well. Again, anything that's going to be a little bit further into the future in terms of how we're going to be financing our organizations loans and whatnot that could be taken into consideration we want to make sure that we're taking into consideration the time value of money concepts with and note just from a managerial type of standpoint you can kind of separate what you're thinking about in terms of a managerial standpoint if you're talking about the day-to-day kind of management type of concepts they're typically going to be concerned with spending your at when you have that hat on right where you can turn, we're concerned with meeting our current obligations and doing what we need to do to meet those current obligations and then of course when we're looking at those types of decisions where we have a longer term horizon then that's when the time value of money becomes more and more applicable that's when we often need to have more formalized tools to help us with those types of decisions because there's a lot more factors involved there's a lot more uncertainty that could be involved and the decisions that we are making uh, have a longer term impact so we need to be more careful on those types of decisions. In other words, with those types of decisions, we want to make sure that we kind of, the concept of measure twice and cut once uh, to get it right the first time would be better than if you're talking about other short-term decisions where you have more leeway to basically learn through trial and error, make a lot of mistakes, and then, and then learn the best concepts as, as you go. So we, we can break these time value of money into four different Uh, categories and then we'll go into some more details about each of those categories and then of course the way to get these down is to just work practice problem after practice problem we will have a lot of them in multiple different formats so you can understand when to apply the time value of money how to calculate the time value of money understanding that other people might do these same calculations in different ways they might make different assumptions within them And you want to be able to recognize what is going on no matter what assumptions are being made and what type of calculation they're using in order to to make their analysis. So we could have a future value of a single amount. That's going to be a situation where there's a value of an amount that grows uh, at a given interest rate over a set period of time. So if we're talking about a situation where we have some amount here and we're thinking that if we put it into a particular investment you can think about or if we put it into a particular thing it's going to be growing at a fixed amount so then we can then project into the future where we will be in the future amount what's going to be the future amount if we take this one lump sum and you can think of it most easily as like an investment if we put the investment in there and it grows at a fixed rate and we just put one lump sum amount not multiple amounts which would be like an annuity but just one lump sum then where would we be at the end of some set time period So if we have those fixed variables, we have the rate, we have the fixed time period that we're going to be putting into place, then we can figure out where we will be in terms of the future value. Then we have a present value of a single amount type of calculation. That's going to be something like a payment to be received in the future is worth less in today's time. So that would be a situation, for example, if we're going to get paid in the future for whatever reason, we're going to have a payment that happens not today, but at some point in the future. Whatever the stated rate is for that payment, whatever the stated amount is, we need to basically bring it back to the current day, to the current dollars, and so what we want to do is present value, then, that single amount of the payment, and you can imagine this kind of happening in a, in a revenue planning type of thing as well, so if we make a certain investment, we're going to receive some, some revenue in the future that we would have to assume that would happen in the future, and then uh present value that back into the current dollars once again to make our our decision making process to see if it would be a relevant uh thing to do now these are the single amounts and we have to keep in mind the single amounts versus the annuity amounts so we got four concepts that will be in place we've got the future value of a single amount present value of a single amount and then we have the same for annuities so if we had, the, so you can think about an annuity as basically a series of payments. So if we have a series of of items that are going to be the same amount in the same period, like every year or every month, and we have the interest rate the same, those things fixed, then we might be able to simplify our calculation here by using an annuity type of calculation. So the future value of an annuity, for example, relates to a series of payments, compounds each individual payment into the future, then adds up the payments. So we could then think about the most common kind of scenario that pops up in most people's mind when they're thinking about the future value of an annuity would be like saving something for some goal into the future. So if I'm going to put thousand dollars per year or per month or per some fixed time frame into a savings account and I'm earning a standard rate of return on it, where will I be at the end of a set amount of time? So if if everything is standardized in that format, then we can think about putting that in place with an easier calculation, which would be the future value of an annuity. Then we have the present value of an annuity, relates also to a series of payments, discounts each payment back to the current period, then adds up the amounts. So now we're thinking about a series of payments. There's you know, $1,000 uh, going in each time, but we're trying, to, we're trying to bring those future payments back to the current day. We're not trying to project out basically where we will be in the future, we're trying to present value, bringing all those series of payments back to the current day. Now note, again, you can do this kind of calculation uh, more easily whenever you see a series of payments, you're gonna go, okay, I'm bringing it back to the current day. If I'm bringing it back to the current day, I'm gonna use a present value of some kind, present value of an annuity, or or we'll use the present value of single sums. If you're trying to think about where you will be in the future type of calculation, Then you're typically thinking future value of one future value of annuity and then if you think if you see a series of payments that are standardized the payments are happening you know in a standard format uh, and the rate's going to be fixed during that time period and whatnot then you might be able to use an annuity calculation for example a present value of an annuity rather than taking each item as a present value of one in other words you could think of for example a series of payments that you're trying to bring back to the current period as present value of an annuity, or you could just take each one of them as present value of one and bring them back to the current period individually. The present value of an annuity will be much faster of a calculation if using mathematical formulas to do it. But note that once we put in the, the factor of Excel into the equation, then Excel can kind of put these together, or any spreadsheet, Google Sheets, and whatnot. Uh, can put these together a little bit more easily and actually having a series of present values of one might be useful. So then it kind of converts when you would use one or, or the other uh, to like if you're using a book problem, it's going to be quite clear that they're going to say if it's set up as an annuity, they probably want you to use an annuity and you want to make them happy. So you're going to use whatever formula they use. In practice, then there might be some situations where you would want to use an annuity or not an annuity possibly not based simply on the ease of the math because now you have a spreadsheet to do it but rather in terms of how much information it would provide to you and or how easy it would be to present that information to others your goal is to sort the information out in such a way that it provides the most information and is as presentable uh, as possible so but those are your options and, and then you can have then as you work through the problems you actually have a between these options you could have some different, different kind of ways that you can come out to the same number and show the same information. We will work multiple different examples and show multiple different ways that you can calculate these. Also just realize that if you're working a book problem the incentive is for you to understand these calculations and the relationships. They might emphasize the math to, make you, to get you to know the math or they might not as emphasize the math. They might show you the math but then want you to use basically tables to do it. If they use tables, that's because they're trying to get you away from the financial calculator so that you could basically do it without a calculator, which they might think you're going to, you know, it's not fair to do it with a calculator or they don't want you to have a financial calculator. Uh, Or you could do it with Excel worksheets that have a, that have a basic function for it, which is really useful in practice, probably what I would recommend most uh, in practice, or you can use a financial calculator which used to be really highly used, but I, I almost think Excel might be outweighing it at this point in time, given the fact that you can actually do a spreadsheet on your phone at this point in time. Uh, but financial calculator would be another another method that you can do these calculations. The fact that there's multiple different methods confuses people. People think there's doing different things, even though it's the same thing with just a, a different method. So we'll go through those methods with many of our problems. Just uh, each problem we'll look at, we'll look at with multiple different methods. So you kind of get the idea of what is going on, when you can use one method and another, and when you might want to use uh, one of these functions an annuity or present value of one and whatnot in different situations as well. Bottom line is to understand this stuff, work problems. Work problems over and over again. Even the same problem, just do it again. Keep on working the problems.